Welcome to Looking Ahead to Beto Days. I am Chris. And I'm Ryan. And we've got a few things to bring you this week. Um, before we get into uh, anything um, else, we want to start with the Q3 numbers because they were released this week. Yeah, we had a, uh, we were just kind of chatting online, decided to just hop on real quick and uh, record our thoughts. So uh, why don't we hear about that real quick? All right, Chris. So uh, the fundraiser, fundraising numbers just came out for Q3. Did you have a chance to uh, look at them recently? Uh, I got to look at them a little bit. Um, I know we did 4.5 million in Q3. So in the last show, we uh, we made guesstimates. Do you remember what they were? I think I was six to seven million, and I can't remember what you said. Yeah, I think I said ten to eleven. I was way yeah, off. Yeah, I told you I was way way overestimating it. Um, yeah. So what was it? Four point? What did you say? What, what was the actual four, number? Four point five uh, million dollars. Which isn't which is a lot of money <laughs> for a grassroots campaign like it is. That's, that's a good chunk of change. That's a million dollars more than he last uh, than he last uh, did the previous quarter. And we have to remember, uh, he raised money for March for Our Lives and Mom, Mom's Demand. Almost a million dollars went to that. And he also raised money. I think they said almost a million dollars for down ticket candidates. So if you think about his total you know, fundraising muscle flex that he did last quarter. Um, it was close to almost what Booker did, almost $6 million. So that's that's not bad at all. No, it's, like, it's that not. That should be something you, to be proud about. And, and, they, and they, you know, people aren't thinking about those numbers because even when El, when El Paso happened, he started taking money for, like, victims and stuff. Exactly. And, like, he, 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 you don't see other campaigns do that. Shut Beto down his, takes uh, yeah, shut, shut down, down his whole campaign. Shut down his campaign for almost uh, two weeks there. Yeah, just just about two weeks, and he's also taken all this money from and given it to other places. Like, how many other candidates are doing that? Like, I get Kamala Harris's emails still, um, <laughs> because I honestly I looked at her while I was waiting for Beto to announce. Right, right. And I was interested, um, so I signed up. You know, just I yeah, get into everybody. Doing... So, um, but and yeah, she right. doesn't do shit like that, <clears throat> right? So uh, they also did a um, – I don't know if you had a chance. They did a staff meeting. I know some people are having issues with the YouTube feed, but the Twitter feed actually was working relatively well. Yeah, um, the, the the YouTube feed did not work at all. Yeah, the, the Twitter one was fine. Um, so anyways, I got a chance to listen to it, and there was some really encouraging stuff in there. So uh, obviously we talked, you know – Got to remember where we started off the quarter. Where we would uh, let's be frank, it was a little lackluster last quarter. We just kind of were more or less not doing a lot, um, and then El Paso happened. So you think you know we started off kind of slow. We took a break for a period of time, and then in the month of September, we saw a twenty percent growth in the number of donations. Um, there was something There's a like pretty big a, increase with yeah, uh, and like, new donors. It was like 35% or something, something like that. like that. And then there was a large number of the size of donations that increased all in the month of September, which was crazy to me. But you know the number that stood out to me when she uh, Jen told us this? There was a 51% increase in number of volunteers. 
Yeah, that's a great fucking number. Like, that's Jesus awesome. Christ, I would rather have manpower than money. Manpower beats money any day in a campaign. So, fuck especially yeah. in a grass group uh, oh, yeah. campaign. Oh yeah. Um, fifty-one percent uh, social media online. He's got the third most impressions in this race. Uh, that's a pretty, you know. So he is driving the narrative. People are talking about him. People are, you know, that that is a good thing. I I say all the time, I would rather be the one driving the conversation than the one trying to hide from the conversation. You or know? just being drug along and having to, you know, pick up the pieces. You want to exactly. you want to be the one who holds and and dictates the narrative. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things I because I didn't I, I read through the email um, or excuse me, not the email, the their plan that Beto put up on his on his page. And, you know, a lot of it is media spin. He's he put a lot of emphasis on the fact that yeah. the media has painted it like it's a two candidate race when there's you know multiple candidates out there. That's exactly what they re- re- uh, reinforce. And it's true. I mean, my eyes, my ears, it reinforces that you look at any headline and it's Warren and Biden. That's the only thing anybody ever talks about. So, you know, which isn't even a compelling race. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not, and, and they just discount the possibility that anybody could even potentially break out. But that you know, the number that they looked at and they reharped on nine percent. Do you know what nine percent stands for? Oh, nine percent is the number of voters who've decided who they're voting for. Exactly, that's the most important number out of any kind of these polling. Nine percent. Now, uh, they still have a 40% unknown name. Like, he, he's just, people don't know who he is. 40% of the voters still don't know. There's a lot of people not paying attention. So, people who are concerned about polls don't be. You know, it's not till the end of December or January that you really start worrying about stuff like that. Right now, it's just getting out. Like, you know, we had our last episode on volunteers, getting out and volunteering and. Being the, doors. Cha- being the change you want to be yeah yeah it, it's just being the you, change you, you want to see sorry yeah that's the saying <laughs> being the change you want to see <laughs> uh, yeah well it worked the other way too so i was like eh, maybe he means it that way i'm just gonna roll along with it that's that's good sounds it sounds good it sounded yes. good and that's in the podcast world it is a uh that's the important I'll part yeah <laughs> i'll, I'll take, take it, it too <laughs> but yeah no like um that's an, another thing you see an increase in support in the places he goes because he makes mm-hmm. an impact on people mm-hmm. and so and he goes to so many places it the money and polls and what you the shit you see on tv i mean let's be honest yeah it's, it's gonna it's have an impact measuring. but at the end of the day it's not gonna be yeah. this big game changer uh they made some points uh did you know we raised more money in Q3 than Trump raised in Q3 in 2016? I did not know that. Yeah, we apparently we raised more money than Trump did. <laughs> think about that. Think yeah. about that. So think about well, that's because that. he was, and, it, and you know, and you know who was the leader at that time? Ben Carson. Ben fucking Carson. Ben Carson was the fundraising leader. So just just put that in perspective when you think about these numbers that are out there. The name of the game is not to be yeah, I mean sure, yeah, I would love to have, you know, millions and millions of dollars and leading the polls. I mean, who wouldn't? But at the end of the day, the the real name of the game is keeping the message going, driving the message and survival. You know, it's survival until January, February when votes get cast. If we have a strong campaign going into when the real polling begins, we'll be fine. 
Oh no, and I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all about money. Like those twenty five dollar donations, that's a tank of gas. Mm-mm. Dude rides around in a van. Mm-hmm. Help him out. <laughs> yeah. Drop some money on it. That's yeah. how we beat. That's how we win. We don't win through polls and we don't win through TV. Yep. Now they have said that they are going to ramp up that kind of stuff, which I mean, you've got to. Yeah. But I mean, this is it's still going to be won by us on the ground. Well, we have our goal, right? Um, Two million dollars in six weeks. Totally achievable. I mean, if you think we raised seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in ten days at the end of the third quarter, that just means all you have to do is just maintain that same growth curve, which we've been having for the like we have a, a history of this growth, and as long as we maintain that. We're golden, you know, so that there's your strategy. You want to know what your strategy is and your long-term strategy, maintaining this momentum and growth. We have it. We've seen it since El Paso. I mean, if you get out there and you talk to people and you're doing it, like you'll, you'll see the momentum. You just got to go out there and start looking for it and be part of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And for you guys that are out there uh, fretting about these numbers, don't. It's not a big deal. And I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, I'm a regular person. I'm I'm a teacher. I, I mean, we mm-hmm. live with my fucking in-laws. We don't have a lot of money, and I still find time to donate. And it's people like me that are donating to this campaign. So we're not going to be able to give a billion yeah. dollars. We're not Tom Steyer who funds himself. Right. This is why it's important for you to be involved. It's important for not only for you to donate, but to get your friends to donate, get your family to donate, start hitting up your brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, nieces, nephews. You know, now's the time to start nudging a little bit, <laughs> and now's the time to start pasting on Facebook and kind of say, "Hey, go donate." You know, it, it, this is where this is where you start like really spreading your wings, and you know, it's absolutely crunch we're time. in a good spot. We're, I mean, we're in a good spot. I would rather, like oh, I, I said, I would rather be the one driving the driving the narrative, the one people are talking about. I mean, just today or yesterday, he made a big splash of the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, form and yeah, you know things like that. Now everybody's talking about him again. I yeah, would he stays rather... in the news. People <laughs> yes. want him, like they want him on TV. Like they yes. want him there. So it's just he's not provided that much, and he hasn't provided that much access. And when I say it's crunch time, I don't necessarily mean in a bad way. I just mean we need to knuckle down and do some fucking work. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're, this That's is all it's gonna take. Guess what? It's campaign season. Yep. So welcome, get... welcome to campaign season. Let's get to work. Yep. So. The Q3 numbers weren't terrible. They're definitely an improvement. We're definitely moving in the right direction. It is growth. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And that's what a lot of people are missing here is the the amount of growth that was made. Exactly. Exactly. So anyways, moving on. Uh, you Also, something that we've been percolating for a while. Um, and I guess since you raised this individual $3,700, you get to uh, conduct an interview with them. So, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, tell us about who you interviewed here? So um, about almost a month ago now, um, I, me and Kelly Willett, who I've talked to a bunch of times, she's been on the show, um, we made contact with Marcel McClinton, who's running for um, city council in Houston. And you've heard me talk about him on the show quite a bit because I really want to see this kid elected. He is- I met him. Very, very smart, bright kid. Yeah. He is awesome. I saying kid, but he's, he's running for city council, like- this man, he's a man. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a, he's a young he's a, he's a young man, and and yeah. man, he's wise beyond his years. Yeah, I am like thoroughly impressed by everything he does. It's yeah. it's crazy. 
Um, but anyways, so me and him have been bouncing back and forth. We held this fundraiser, and, you know, and yeah. me and him have been really just talking shit back and forth about the Yankees and the Astros <laughs> for like two weeks. Um, but um, Theme of this episode. <laughs> yeah, theme of this episode. It comes up a lot. Yeah, play, playoff baseball, man. Um, but I asked Marcel, I was like, you, can, do you want to do an interview? Like, we can really make this kind of huge. We can raise you some more money. I think I've got a, a good enough listener base that we can kind of help you out. And Marcel's really, really bright. And I'm re- we're really proud of this interview. Mm-hmm. So um, well, let's hear it. Yeah, let's go ahead and bring Marcel on. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our special guest. Um, I'd like to introduce Marcel McClinton. Hey, y'all. I'm Marcel um, McClinton from Houston, Texas, 18 years old, um, gun violence survivor, activist, and also candidate for Houston City Council at large. Three. So excited. It's been an exciting year. Excited to be here. Thank y'all for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thanks Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Um, now you. we did the uh, we meet. I've been working with Marcel just a little bit over the last like month or so. I think is when we started uh, talking. We ran yeah. the the fundraiser in Newport News, which was a just an absolute fuck ton of fun. By the way, um, I'm glad. I'm glad. Everybody who was who was there who who got to speak with you was really 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 impressed with all of the stuff that you had to say and i think i've told you like several times yeah. as soon as you cut out one of mm-hmm. the ladies that that was there said you know that that was amazing he's really really bright so there's your compliment well, i appreciate um, it <laughs> i'll, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll remember you. that when i when i when i uh when i mess with you for being an astros fan go yankees um so <laughs> so what made you run like what what inspired you to get involved especially at such a young age yeah. So, I mean, you know, so I, I survived the shooting in 2016 outside of my church um, and I didn't get involved then. Um, what really pushed me to. Fuck. Wait, did y'all hear that? Was that my computer? No, no. You're good. Okay, did I just fuck it up? by? No, you're good. No, you're and good. I'm okay. totally going to leave this in there. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> OK, deal. Um, so I, I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't pushed to, to get involved after my shooting. Um, I just, I just, you know, I did, didn't really understand or see the connection between um, gun violence and my experience and and our gun our gun laws. Um, and so it wasn't until the Parkland shooting that I that I felt you know inspired. I was watching young people my age on TV, you know, talk about demanding change and and stepping up to the plate and how we're the ones that we've been waiting for. And um, that that message really you know resonated with me a lot. Um, and so after I was appointed to the mayor's gun task force coming out of the Santa Fe high school shooting in May, um, serving on that commission is what really opened my eyes to you know wanting to find more ways that local governments can can tackle big issues. Um, and, and not just, you know, kind of the, I mean, yes, the everyday, uh, the, the streets and, and street lights and, you know, more green space and parks. Uh, these are all, all issues that, that we're talking about also. But also we need to be proactive on a bunch of issues that, that we're facing right now that are going to get worse if, if we don't act now. Um, like gun violence, like uh, climate change. Our city is hit by floods every single year and there are 1,000 year, 500 year floods and we're hit with them all the time. Um, and so we're feeling the, the, the effects of climate change directly, and, and it's, it's, the storms are going to get bigger and they're going to get worse. And I just don't trust current leadership to, 
to, uh, to, to keep the best interests of the future of our city in mind when legislating. And that's what I want to do is, is legislate with the future of our city in mind and not just my, my four-year term, but, but the next 25 and 50 years. Um, and that, that's what I haven't seen on council uh, and in this seat specifically uh, that I'm running in. Uh, so I wanted to get involved. I wanted to run. And, and I remember that, that, that phrase, you know, we're the ones we've been waiting for. And so I just, I, I live with that um, and, and push. Yeah, you it, it's you you've seen a a massive amount of young people that have really risen up. Yeah. So like you guys are definitely making a difference and you're you're inspiring to like kids in my in my classroom um like they they pick up on things that a lot of the older kids are doing. Um and it's really really impressive to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean least. it's yeah. it's exciting. Um just just today I was I was uh in I'm in Toledo, Ohio right now, uh, and I spoke to uh, some, some, some city leaders, and then you know, we held these, these conversations, um, and, and I was working with uh, students in, 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 from different Toledo schools who all came to Woodward High School, um, and, and we spent the entire day talking about issues that, that affect young people, and so they broke out into, into you know, four different groups and came up with action plans that they can do. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they talked about community engagement to, to, to combat violence, talked about uh, gun violence specifically, talked about uh, other issues that, that people are facing in school, uh, like, like, you know, gang affiliation, uh, like, like opioids and, and drug abuse, uh, like um, uh, uh, sex trafficking also is, is big here, um, and bullying. So, so uh, young people are, are, are smarter than I think we give. Uh, or I shouldn't say we because I am young, but I think young people are smarter than uh, folks older than us give us credit for. Um, even, you know, in organizing this, we had some conversations about worrying about, you know, whether or not the the, the students that, that were engaged today would, would actually be engaging. Would there be any conversation or should we guide conversation? Should we lead to, uh, discussion? And I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for free thought. And, I, and, and what we saw today was you know, we, there was little direction and everyone was engaged and everyone had ideas because young people are thinking about these problems already. You know, we, I think we realize that these issues are not going to suddenly only affect us when we turn 18 and can finally vote uh, or, or whenever we turn 21 and uh, are, are, you know, legal adults. Um, the issues that we're talking about affect us regardless of our age, regardless of our, our political affiliation, regardless of, uh, you know, it, how our parents are voting. And so it's on us to step up to the plate and I think work, work every single day to, to change what we're seeing. Um, and it's a scary time we're living in right now, America. I mean, there's, we can talk about, you know, the, the, the fabric of our democracy. But we can also talk about climate change and how it, you know, how, how time is ticking or gun violence or, I mean, you know, name an issue. There, there's so much going on. So, Marcel, um, let's let's go ahead and talk about climate change. You did mention the flooding here in Houston. Um, you know, I was here for Harvey. I'm from Galveston, so we didn't get quit quite as much rain as y'all did, mm-hmm. but we did still get a, a bit down here. Um, but, you know, flooding is a big issue. It's always been an issue for Houston, but over the yeah. last several years, it's really gotten worse, especially yeah. when you start seeing <clears> – <throat> sorry – Especially when you start seeing some of these subdivisions literally getting built inside of flood zones. And that's something right. that Houston's always really challenged with because we don't really have zoning here. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you handle that? How do you handle that when these developers start building inside of flood zones or are building in these in, intentionally building in these uh, uh, floodplains? Uh, yeah, like we I have? mean, so. 
Yeah. So I mean, step one is it's it's immoral and it's and it's it's sick that that we're allowing developers uh, to to build houses uh, that that we know are going to be wiped out in a flood, um, and and we know that folks are going to be left homeless uh, after residing in these homes for X amount of time. The same goes for landlords who are renting out homes to folks without you know uh, uh, explaining the 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 threat uh, of flooding in in whatever area of town you're you're renting in so i i i am for you know putting forth an ordinance and supporting initiatives uh, where where we require landlords and developers to to uh, explain the information um or you know you're 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 not going to to be you know a landlord you're not going to be renting homes sure. you're not going to be building homes um it's 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 time for that all to stop um we should not be building more homes in floodplains we've already begun projects um and in the hundred year flood in the next hundred year floodplain um and it's and it makes no sense to me it should make mm -hmm. no sense to anyone it's common sense why are we going to build more homes in areas that we know are going to flood um i live in a part of town that is very prone to flooding i live on the far west side uh attics dam is is you know like behind my my, my house um and the area was wiped out in harvey it was wiped mm -hmm. out in harvey um mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, every time it, it rains now, I think Houstonians all over the city are, are suffering from PTSD, uh, you know, worried. And, and, you know, we used to not be unsure if we could make it home. But now you don't know if the streets on your way home are going to be flooded underwater or too dark to see. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, we're living in a scary time right now with, with, with the storms that we face. And I think that, you know, part of the plan has to be accountability for, for city officials and county officials and, and developers and landlords. But also, uh, you know, talk, being, getting real about our drainage system. Our drainage system in Houston sucks. Uh, I think the last time we re, uh, revisited our drainage system was in the 80s or early 90s. And these drains are only meant to, to, to hold uh, these, these every, you know, regular like, like thunderstorms that we could see mm -hmm. in, in a three-year uh, uh, time span. So uh, they're not meant to, 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 to you know, hold water uh, from, from thousand-year and 500-year floods uh, and massive hurricanes and tropical storms. They're not meant for that. So we need to go in and, and redo uh, our, our drainage systems all across the city um, and I think then we'll see some genuine change, but also be proactive and aggressive and bold when, ta when working to tackle climate change. Uh, our city, I think, has a unique ability and cap uh, ability to, to, to lead this, uh, this, this fight against climate change um, because we are the energy capital of the world, not just Texas, not just America, but the world. And so others will follow our lead. And I think that if we are reinvesting and investing in uh, the expansion and, and uh, of, of, of renewable energy, um, we'll, we'll see other localities follow. And if it's just Texas cities that are following us, then so be it. But I think that over time we're going to see a chain reaction, and then we'll see some genuine good come out of come out of this fight. Um, and so I want us to I want to I want to see us do that. I do support the mayor's climate action plan. I don't think it's bold and aggressive enough, uh, but I think it's a it's a great start. Um, yeah. And that's a that's a great point um, about you know the the your y'all's plan spreading um, nationwide. Yeah, uh, I've lived I grew up in a town that is below sea level. I was in Isabel, so when I was I think it was seventeen mm -hmm. um, when when Isabel hit in two thousand three. You know, I had water up to my waist. My parents' wow. house had never flooded. Um, and that was just in my front yard. Yeah. Um, and then ever since then, the, the whole idea with, with PTSD too, every time it rains, 
we always wondered, well, are we going to be able to get home? Yeah. Um, are we going to have power? Because then we would get, we've been getting nor'easters, right? That's why I don't live in that city. Yeah. Actually, the the ironic part about that is I left this area, moved to New Jersey, West Long Branch, New Jersey, because I didn't want to deal with hurricanes anymore, and that's when Sandy hit. Wow. I was in Sandy too. Um, I was on. I was in the uh, the area. I was actually weirdly the only person up there knew, who knew what they were doing because I'd been in Isabel. So like yeah. nobody was prepared. It's horrible. I mean, I mean, I think that that floods. Uh, well, and and we're seeing them not just get more wet right i mean and, and hold more water these storms are getting deadly and, and they're killing people um and they're killing animals and and they are massively destructive they're dangerous 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 storms and we treat them like they're you know it's just another rainy day in the city um when it's exactly not, you know <laughs> exactly yeah you know, that's the people they have hurricane parties in Bacosan. anytime it it rains they people like go out there and they will get they get yeah. everything they need and then they get a case of beer <laughs> and that's 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 part of like the hurricane survival pack. that's the hurricane plan yeah that is their hurricane plan dude there was a guy in isabel i shit you not that was at the very end of the city um who i guess he didn't expect the water to come up had to tie himself to a tree and they found him sitting on his cooler tied to the tree oh my gosh and they eventually evacuated him out with his cooler full of beer. As they should. Bring in the essentials, should. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, well, just don't leave your beer. <laughs> Heaven so, forbid. Yeah, right? So, um, and actually, actually, in hearing you talk, and I'm going going back to, I guess, the, the more national um, stage, and Ryan can bring us back to Houston in, in a second, but I really caught on to the idea of what you were saying about young people in this thing you're at in, in Toledo. Yep. Are you guys looking to take that, like, and make it national because I have a bunch of students that would absolutely love something like that. When, um, when, when Parkland hit, um, and they had the March, all of those March outs, uh, my, my students and my co-teacher students, we had our entire classes walk out. That's awesome. Um, but, and not just because they wanted to miss class. Like we had conversations with them. We were told that we weren't allowed to tell them they could, but we couldn't make them stay. Yeah. So we had conversations about it. And, you know, they took that initiative. So I, there are students and young people around the nation who would like to hear that. What are y'all's plans going forward? Yeah. So, so this is just, this is just Marcel, the activist. Um, so, so I was invited out by the city of Toledo uh, to come meet with their city leadership. And, and we're going to have a panel tomorrow um, with, with the mayor and some other city leaders uh, who've been on the ground doing work, good, great work here for a long time. Um, and then today was, was a thing that they had said that we had all set up. Uh, with with Toledo public school system, um, and so I, you know, I I I, I am open to uh, going around more and and talking to more students. This is my passion, you know, is in, is engaging other young folks to become a part of this uh, process and a part of this system, and just to be engaged and to be in it and to know that um, you know, again, we're the ones that we've been waiting for, um, and and you know, I, I think that what I loved a lot today is, you know, we were talking to students in this program called SMARTS, 
uh, and, and these are students who um, are, are marginalized in the, in the school system. Uh, you know, they kind of have, uh, you know, they, they've been expected to fail for, for so long, um, but, but they chose, they want to be a part of this program. Uh, they're, they're doing great in school, um, and they have after-school programs, um, and, and they care about making positive change in their communities. And so these are kids who have, you know, like lost friends to gun violence, uh, who, who are, are used to be in gangs, uh, students who, um, you know, some used to be drug de like dealers and like they, they've done different things, you know, like they, they've kind of lived, lived that life and, and they either, um, are, are still living that life and just need like a, a hand out, um, or, you know, they, they've completely changed and done a 180 and, and it's great to watch. Um, and so it was rewarding to see, uh, you know, every time I go into a room with, with the other young folks, I think that, you know, hopefully just one person in this room takes something away um, and does something, you know, magnificent with, with, with whatever inspirations they felt uh, after, after our, our, our conversation and discussion. Um, and, and I think that today, I, I mean, I, I hope it, it, what, what it seemed like to me was like almost all of them took something away. Um, and so um, I'm excited to watch that, you know, transpire. And I'm, I want to keep up with, with the work they're doing in Toledo. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is you can't just go into a community, uh, you know, get, hand, you know, give some resources and, and put folks in contact with one another um, and then leave. You have to remain engaged. You have to uh, be a part of, of the change that they want to build. Um, and so, so that's what I'm looking to do uh, while also, you know, running for office down here and while also hopefully serving uh, for four years um, after November. So, um, yeah, but it's a passion of mine and I want to do more of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm game to come out and, um, and, and speak to some students up there. Yeah, I, I, I might tap you on that. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Deal. And, and, and no, no bullshit. As a, as a, as a teacher, especially in, in the area that I teach in, you know, we all have this fear because I think just about a good portion of the students or teachers in the school have had teach students die to gun violence. Yeah. I had, I taught a, um, had a student who I taught last year, who I have again this year, who I had to have a sit down conversation with, um, because her sister was murdered Jeez. and over the summer, you know, we, there are plenty of kids that lose people to gun violence Yeah, and it's, you know, it's an epidemic. So what you're doing is awesome and That's reaching out to those kids and giving them something to, to, uh, you know, aspire to, or to yeah. be able to make a difference. It gives them something that replaces a lot of that pain. Yeah. So I, I bullshit a lot, but I, I do appreciate that. For sure. Um, For so sure. Ryan, we want to bring it back to Houston. Ryan, did we lose Ryan? Did we lose Ryan? All right. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he asked a really good question. Before he went uh, silent, I bet you his his microphone um, shut off because he has this microphone. I'm willing to bet ba its batteries died. That shit would be funny. Probably because it says he's still on or something. No, I know he'd still be in the room. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, batteries did die, and they might die again in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's Welcome cool. Back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was again. wondering why I couldn't jump back in in the conversation. I was like, damn, you kept talking over me. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, right, me we didn't know you were talking. <laughs> it's all right. Let me ask this question before my batteries die again, real quick. Then. <laughs> um, all right. So we were talking about some big issues, and this is a big issue that I don't think there really is a. Uh, good answer to which is homelessness. Mm -hmm. um, 
I work in downtown. I drive in from Galveston, commute in from Galveston to downtown, and driving up I-45, I mean, downtown Houston has a big homeless population there's camps all up and down the freeways i mean you can't out you can't criminalize them which it seems to be you can't criminalize way homelessness which seems to be the preferred solution so uh you know what can we do about that yeah so um you know homelessness is a big issue uh and just that's near and dear to to my heart so uh, we we being my family uh were homeless for nine months and lived in a shelter um, uh, when I was, when I was really, really young. Um, and so whenever I started the campaign and throughout the campaign, um, you know, we've, we've, I've gone and walked down, uh, Commerce in 59 where there's, there's a huge tent city set up that spans all the way underneath 59. Um, and have, have just, you know, we, we give supplies, we talk to folks and I always ask every person that I meet, you know, how, one, I, I see every homeless person that we see in the city, I think that the city has failed. Um, we, we have so much to, to offer, you know, Houstonians who I think are already thriving uh, and folks who are kind of expected to be successful and thrive. And then we, we, we completely throw others away in our city um, because they, they fucked up or life happened or, you know, like, who knows what, you know? Um, we have a, a, a drug addiction problem in the city of Houston. We have an alcoholism problem in the city of Houston. We have mental health issues that go untapped and, 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 and uh, ignored. Um, and also, folks are just, you know, end up homeless unexpectedly. I, I've, I've met engineers who, were an engi- who had a job like a month ago, you know, and are one, um, uh, you know, one, one uh, like just being sick or needing surgery. Uh, they're, they're one health scare away from ending up homeless. Um, and it happens to people every single day. Um, so, so to tackle it, I think that what we should be, not be doing is uh, the feeding ban that we have right now in place. So if you feed five or more homeless folks in the city of Houston, you can be arrested and fined. Um, mm, that is some bullshit. I didn't know that. It's ridiculous. It, it's the most immoral and, and, and it's, it's, it's sick. It, it is literally like, like it, it's, it's fucking monstrous. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I don't think that anyone obeys the law, but, the, but it's on paper. It's on paper, and that is the law in the city of Houston. It went into effect a couple of years ago. Um, so that, that's not how, how we tackle homelessness. What I, what I think, what, what I've heard from the homeless community is the housing process in the city of Houston just takes forever. Um, you can be on this waiting list for, for anywhere from six months to two years. And if you miss that one scheduled date that you're supposed to go into the office to, to see if you qualify for housing, um, you're put on the bottom of the pack. You're put on the bottom of the list. Um, part of this is needing to, uh, you know, kind of not restaff, but, but up our staff um, at these centers to be able to, to, to handle more and more cases um, and be able to, to, to flush the, you know, housing benefits out in, in a faster way. Um, but also, if you go back to just square one at, at why folks are ending up homeless to begin with, it's because we lack mental health resources, because we lack resources uh, that, that these folks can, can tap into to tackle their drug, in, uh, their, their drug abuse and, and substance abuse. Um, and so I think that if we really put our money in, into those two programs, um, as well as, you know, uh, re-upping the, the housing uh, program and, and housing offices, I think that we'll see some, some genuine uh, change come out of that. Um, I, I, I'm not confident in saying, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a person who is for 
uh, you know, just, just giving every single person, you know, we, we shouldn't be giving, well, I'll, I'll back up. Um, the, the, that, that's how I think we, we, we tackle this. Um, Houston has criminalized the homeless for so, so long. Um, I, I've heard folks in the city even tell me we need to, to find a place, move all the homeless there, and never, never, ever, ever build anything else around there so no one has to go there. And that was the most sickening thing that I've ever heard a human being say to me um, about other human beings. Um, but that is the mindset and the culture that, that we, that we are, are, are building and allowing to thrive in our city. Um, the thought that, that these people are, are less than human or that they're animals, that they're uh, rabid and shouldn't be around us. Um, they're Houstonians too, you know? Uh, I, I've talked to so many folks who, who came from Beaumont and Dallas and, and Austin and say that they've been told to move to Houston because they, they hear that Houstonians are nicer people and, and that they're more inviting and loving. Um, and that, 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 that the uh, support here is better. And so people are coming to Houston for, for assistance and for help and they genuinely want it. Not everyone, you know, is, 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 is trying to, to what, what they say, you know, be an eyesore. Um, that's not their intent. They, they're just people who need help. Everyone needs help at some point in life and we should be helping them. Absolutely. And what you described was a fucking Hoover, uh, Hooverville, by the way. Those popped up in the Great <laughs> Depression. Like that shit like that it's, brought it's, down a, a presidency. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's sick. It's sick, sick stuff. Um, but, but people want it. it. People, people do want it. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it though at all. It's just, ugh. I got nothing like very yeah. seldom in my, in my speech list, but that is, that is just some absolute bullshit. Yeah. I mean, people are people and you got to think about how people got there in the first place. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, you were one health scare away from losing everything. 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 Right. My brother uh, had uh, cancer when he was two and when he was three. My parents have good insurance and they're still paying on his bills. Wow. Now, imagine my dad wasn't like a fucking nuclear engineer. Right. right. And, 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 you know, he's got a, a good job. My mom's a teacher. Right. Not everybody ha- it, it has is those things or can do those things. If you're working a minimum wage job and you get sick, right. it shouldn't be a choice between life and death or being able to, you know, afford your insulin or yeah. homelessness and, you know, cancer care. Exactly. It, or chemotherapy. It's it's mind blowing. And then and then you, you get into the, the whole opioid end of it. People get hooked uh, hook, they they take these medicines and they get hooked on them. They yeah. expend expand to um, fucking heroin and then they move to, they end up on the streets like mm-hmm. we have to start mm-hmm. talk, treating them like people and like it's a, the, 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 like the disease they have yeah like a drug abuse is is a, is mental health it's a disease Agreed. and we're not doing enough to help agree and uh, i think anyway. that what's really unfortunate is you know there's no one kind of uh there's no one fix to homelessness these things have to have to happen back to back and they have to happen you know kind of at the, i mean at once at the same time um, or we're not going to see change come out of it. It has to be only geared towards the homeless community that we have right now. Um, and then let's let's work towards expanding the hell out of out of the programs that we can offer. You know, absolutely. When you when you work for the when you are a city council member, or I mean, if you're just a fucking citizen, you're all in it together. Yeah, you got to yeah. look out for each other. And just because somebody is homeless doesn't mean they're not a resident in your city. Exactly. They 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 matter too. They do. But awesome, man! Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I, for sure. I, 
I, I feel like every time we talk, I, I learn a little bit more, just not just about you, but about, you know, all of the stuff that you do. Cause you do yes, some really yes. great shit, man. I, I stay um, busy. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, I, I, I picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. There's a lot going on in the world. It's hard not to be busy. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. If I'm not at home, if I'm not doing the podcast, I'm doing something with volunteering or I'm at school. Yes. Yes. And all good things, all good things to be a part of. Exactly. So, but before, before we go, I want you to like, tell us kind of like, what, what, what are you campaigning on? What is your, what is your stance? What is your issue? If you have to, if you could campaign on one thing and that would be the thing, what would, what, I guess, what would that be? Not like one thing. Cause everybody's got a bunch of different things. You know, yeah, you know what I'm I saying? I can't name one. I can't name one, but I can give you a couple. Um, you know, one, one, just, just to make clear gun, gun violence is, is the issue that is near and dear to nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, it, it is the one that personally affected me or one of the issues that personally affected me. Um, but, but that is the issue that, that, that I've, I've been working on the longest, um, and I will continue to do everything in my power uh, to, to, to eradicate from our communities. Um, and I serve on the mayor's gun task force still, um, and, and we have an action plan you know, of, of over you know, 40 different action items that we can do in the city today um, to, to be combating and be proactive in the fight to combat gun violence. So, so that to me is super, super important, but also uh, what's important to me is, is tackling the flooding problem. Uh, this is, you know, I think uh, we just saw numbers come out in the Chronicle. This is, flooding is, is, is the number one issue for Houstonians. Uh, it, it scares us the most, it affects us the most, um, and, and it's on our minds every single time that it rains. Um, and so I want to tackle the flooding issue. I also want to tackle uh, the, the congestion, the traffic congestion that we see in the city. Um, we're on track to grow and be the third largest city in America and, and beat Chicago in the next five years. Uh, and our roads uh, do, do not show that growth or that room for growth. Actually, they show, they show a lot of room for growth. There, there's, there's so much room for growth uh, when it comes to Houston's infrastructure. Um, and we've kind of had this mindset that building wider uh, is, and, and is going to decongest our traffic, which is the exact opposite of, of the rules of traffic decongestion. You, you don't build wider. Um, building wider just means more cars can be on the road now and, and more car, there's more lanes to, to be backed up. Um, so I want us to go in and redesign our, our intersections. Um, we need, we need sidewalks in the city of Houston. We, we lack sidewalks and, and, and access to, to, to walk just different places. Um, I want us to, I want us to see uh, more green spaces in the city of Houston, uh, that, that will also double serve as retention ponds, uh, in the city. So you build them just a little bit below ground level, um, or, or, or the road level, and then uh, that I mean, the, those three things to me are the biggest: infrastructure in our roads, uh, the the gun violence issue, um, and and flooding. Th those are my top three. I think going in for 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 uh, the, you know my, those are first on on my agenda. Um, but I also am passionate about you know combating sex trafficking. Um, I want us to see the city reinvest in the black community on the south side and bring business there. We have a food desert in in District D. Um, there, there's no access to affordable uh, food and grocery stores in that district, which, which directly ties into uh, depression. Uh, it, it, we see this in, in impoverished areas, um, uh, you know, affecting black and brown communities the most. Um, and it ties in directly to obesity and, and unhealthy just habits and, and high cholesterol and all these different things. Uh, diabetes, because people don't have equal access to affordable, healthy food. 
Um, so, so those, those are uh, to, just to name off a few top issues. Those are my top issues, uh, and I, and I really want to work to combat them all. Homelessness, of course. Um, uh, yeah. So those, those are that's on my plate. Yeah, you got you. You definitely have a lot going on, <laughs> and so I, I know I know your time is super super valuable. So I got just one last question Deal. for you. I know you're going to take the Astros, but how many games is it going to take? How many games is it going to take? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a smart answer. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like I don't. All, all I know is. Astros are beating the Yankees. You cannot defeat the the fucking Astros. Like you, you literally can't. Um, and there, there's no even like like debating that fact. Um, there's none. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give it to you. I got I've got the Yankees in six because I think they're gonna have a hard time with Cole. To be honest with you, in the in Yankees in six. Yankees in six. Yankees in six. I think the uh, I think the Astros are gonna take at least uh, two. Um, honestly. Um, at least so anyways, I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna with three just cuz uh-huh well it's a seven game series it's four so you think you think the that the the Astros are going to sweep the Yankees I think we're gonna sweep the Yankees bold predictions here on looking ahead to I better think we're gonna days. sweep sweep mopping the floor with y'all <laughs> I'm sending you a broom if the Yankees sweep the, uh, <laughs> the Astros, by the way. I'll send you like a bucket of water. Just the yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. All Not right, Marcel. Deal. Okay. <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Have a good yep. night. You too. So we hope that was you guys. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. awesome. Like, I love that. That was that was great. To, I talked to him. I was sad my, uh, my, my batteries. I guess I left my mic phone my microphone on and my batteries kept dying so um but yeah it was great to listen to him kind of talk about a few of the issues we had so specifically in houston and that's why we brought ryan on because mm-hmm. ryan knows houston and i do not because i live in virginia yeah and i and i told him like this was kind of a last minute we had actually jumped on to talk about the q3 numbers and he's like oh by the way i'm interviewing marcel so i stuck around and uh we talked so it's <laughs> it's a good part of being in the business as yep. we call it here at Looking Ahead to Better Days, in the business. And speaking of business, and I guess it doesn't really count as a business, but if you uh, if you DM us at at Look to Better Days, um, we are selling shirts. Um, they're awesome. The envoys helped us with them, so we're raising money for Beto and for us to be able to do cool shit or get like new equipment or for things like Ryan's going to Dallas tomorrow. Which, oh by the way, I'm in Dallas in, today. <laughs> oh, he's in Dallas right now. Yes. If you were in Dallas today, tomorrow, go to uh, go to Beto's uh, um, counter rally against Trump. That is tomorrow night. I don't yes. care if, who you support. Six o'clock. Six yes. o'clock. Be there. I don't care who you support. We can all get behind the fact that Donald Trump is the fucking worst thing that's ever happened in this country. And that's saying a hell of a lot considering all of the abhorrent shit that we've done. And it doesn't matter, you know, anybody, you know, the point is we need to get out there and prove that Texas is truly a battleground state. I mean, that's what this is about. You know, he can't take trucks. He's here to to campaign because he knows he can't take us for granted. We got to show him that, no, no, that, it's going to be a fight no matter what. So come on out. We need to put, we need to uh, show our support. 
And speaking of a fight, no matter what, that brings <laughs> us to the meat of our episode. And uh, that is that we brought our we put our debate team together. This week was the debate. It was in Ohio. Um, it was kind of a shit show. And let, let's go ahead and bring the team on and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about it. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on Dan and Hannah. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hi, guys. You guys sound so thrilled. You must have yeah. just stopped watching the debates. <laughs> Such an sure. exciting two hours of our lives. They were riveting. <laughs> two hours of your life? Come on. I, oh. I, I will admit that I definitely tuned out at parts. Yeah. Oh, of course. You, you can't Me too. It was I, fell asleep. I fell asleep and had to get to rewatch today. It's... It's yeah. something. Can, can, can we just say that no matter what, having 12 people on stage was a bad idea? Yeah. Like that. Quite I don't know who idea. thought. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but it was a bad idea. And then to have 12 people on stage and you only focus on the top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say 11 and Tom Steyer. I just I felt like he just kind of found his way there and was like, oh shit, I've got to participate now. <laughs> Can you stop taking my lines? But I'm going to say in a few minutes. My Lord. I'm sorry, <laughs> bastard. I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I felt like every answer he was going to answer was just going to be impeachment. <laughs> he, he, uh, you know, because that's what people know him for. He was the impeachment right. guy for like two years. He's been on that shit forever. So enough about Tom Steyer. Um, he's this episode's Marianne Williamson. And Hannah I was going to say, out. yeah, yep. one more thing about Tom Steyer. <laughs> I'm really upset that we missed Tom Steyer and Marianne Williamson together on stage. I feel like that would have been some uh, real primetime TV. <laughs> but I don't think the networks you know, could have handled it. Could be a TV show. Yeah, day. yeah, could be. What if they? What if they do the commentary <laughs> on election night? Oh my god. Ooh. Like it's like wow. it's like A Rod and Big Poppy doing you know commentary during postseason. Right. The sports reference. I like it. Nice. Hey. Nice. Go go Astros. Oh wait, what? Who said that? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where? I got your back, Ryan. I got your back. Ryan. I got your back. I can't leave the National Yankees playing. I can't leave the yeah. fucking country well, right now. I can't afford to leave the country. I can't. I, I told Chris the other day I know absolutely nothing about baseball, but I've been told now is a time to, good time to start shit talking. So that was I don't hilarious. Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he right. showed me that text message. That was hilarious. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and then yeah. I had I had Marcel all over my ass yesterday, texting me all sorts of shit about the uh, the Astros. So you know, so. this has been fun for me. All right, guys. So, so. in other losers and <laughs> out there, in, in other losers and winners, who do we think won the debate? <laughs> so can you even? So here's the problem: can you even define what winning this debate is? I mean. You know, nobody really had a big moment like Beto had last debate, but then those moments don't really happen. Other than that, like, I don't feel like anybody really could win this. There were some definite losers, but I don't know that you could really say someone won it. I would yeah. agree with that. There was no, like, real, real, real strong showing. Um, well, besides Beto, of course, I think Amy had the best. Kobe had the, one of the better. I was, Not I better, agree but with imp- that. improved, mm-hmm. and she was pretty on. She's very smart. She's very sharp. Um, different time, maybe she'd be a higher, higher polling, you mm-hmm. know. But she was on point. She was going after Warren, but not in a, not in a, in a Julian Castro kind of way, in a civilized, intelligent kind of way. 
I love that she kept calling yeah. her Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, I was thinking about that, how, you know, it, it seemed to be almost like talking down to her in a way, but not really. But I guess they are colleagues. Yeah, point, no, they so. probably know each other yeah. pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing because um, we were rewatching it today and I, I looked at Hannah and I said, Klobuchar had a really, really, really good showing. She just seems really, really nervous all the time. Yeah. 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 She she was surprisingly funny at times. I mean, I'll give her that. You you wouldn't think of that and look thinking about her, but she kind of is. I mean, she definitely yeah. cracks herself up. Yeah. At least. <laughs> good for her. That, little, that little comment about her daughter when she's like, oh, sorry. But <laughs> I appreciate it. I love her Minnesota, Minnesota accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with making yourself laugh. I make myself no, laugh yeah. all the time. Don't my I know jokes, it? My, my jokes are for me. They're not for you. I don't I don't give a shit if you laugh. You do. Be self-aware, Chris. Way to go. <laughs> so to go. Um, we, we've talked about the who who the winners were. And we said that, you know, Beto was strong and, and Klobuchar was strong. Mm-hmm. Who had not uh, a, a, a no good, terrible, awful night? Alexander was there? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we talked about this before. Kind oh, of. You, Chris has mentioned this a couple minutes ago. I... I don't want to say he's a loser, but Tom Steyer doesn't belong there. I put no. I put leave yeah. in my notes, but I said this before. I'll say it again. You, you have a billion dollars, use that differently. Yeah. You know, fun, yeah. fun. You know, Virginia right now that you guys have a couple weeks have an important um, election. Yep. Could Martha Mugler. Martha mm-hmm. Mugler. If you're listening yeah. to this and you live in the 91st district, vote for Martha yeah. Mugler. You guys mm-hmm. flip four seats in the House of, House of Delegates. Am I saying that right? Yeah. You guys, can, you change your majority to Democrats, and you can do a lot of good in that state. Um, so, you know, keep that, you know, Tom Steyer, put your money in, you know, he spent $40 million or so to get into this race. Come on, you're wasting our time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it just really bothers most people. Like, how could you think that a billionaire buying his way into an election is going to resonate with voters uh, in the Democratic primary? Just hopelessness on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't I can't buy that. I can't yeah. buy it at all. Not, not anymore. Not, yeah, like you said, Dan. Not, not anymore. Yeah. You, you, know. you just, it doesn't, it doesn't flow well. Uh-huh. Um, I would also say, and um, I would argue that uh, that Buddha Judge had a, a bad night, and I know that a lot of people are going to be up in arms about it, but I wouldn't say it's because he 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 said like he may not have been wrong in some of the things that he said. But he came off like a dick and a pompous ass, and that he, bugs me. And it seemed like that way. Yeah. It, it wasn't even just that it was the, to Beto. I saw him do it to multiple candidates. Oh, he did it to everybody. Anybody mm-hmm. who had a more progressive idea than him, he attacked. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not like he did anything individually wrong. It wasn't like with um, when Julian was going after uh, Biden, and he was just kind of hammering that age thing. You know, but it was really kind of painted Pete as this like lightning rod guy who's just attacking everybody in the race. So I guess if you like him, you'd like that. Or if you're predisposed to liking him, you'd like that. But it really, to me, I didn't like I didn't like yeah. the look. Yeah, I you never know? agree with you. I never was against him, but I feel like he's trying to become the more the younger version of Joe Biden, mm-hmm. where he's the, the moderate and not he's not so. No, which not is so a, conservative, but he's moderate, but he's not so moderate. Like it's a point. weird swerve for him, yeah. too, because he kind of started off this race yes. as a fresh, young, mm-hmm. bold, 
progressive person who's not afraid to stand what he believes in. Mm -hmm. And now he's just intentionally playing to this middle position that isn't fresh, bold, and progressive. Because that's probably what he was told. He probably told, play the center, play more modern, mm -hmm. and, and you'll be fine. Yeah, he, he's the one who said, you know, whatever we say, whatever bullshit, whatever we say, the bullshit Republicans will say, we're socialists. Mm -hmm. And yeah. now he's, you know, playing to that hand. Yeah, exactly, because that, that's what the polls say. Mm -hmm. That's what the polls say, and at least that's what he thinks the polls say. But and they don't that actually, even. <laughs> which isn't, isn't the truth. They don't even. He's, he's polling okay. He's, he's right where he probably wants to be. I don't know. I mean, polling with at 0% <laughs> with the African-American community oh. in, as a Democrat, that's a problem. that is not, that, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but even Obama wasn't polling well African Americans in 08. That's funny to think about that. But you, the not zero percent. Yeah, the, no, not zero percent. Not zero percent. Not zero percent. No, obviously he wasn't. Zero percent is real, real bad. And while we're on Buddha Judge and him being a dick, um, what about that? Would you, would you guys think about his exchange with uh, with uh, with Beto on guns? I didn't understand where he was, where he got better was attacking him about like courage. I didn't, is it, I, I just, that just very much confused me. I, I didn't feel Beto coming off as any kind of derogatory or demeaning of people to judge in any kind of personal sense at all so yeah. that kind of confused me yeah and at we can talk about the whole gun thing later <laughs> like actual <laughs> policy well, no because yeah. i think everybody kept coming after him about that like how are you going to take him from him how are you going to take him from him i don't think that it's and we can talk about it later well, that we're, we're, you you can talk about it now. We're talking, we're talking yeah, about guns now. Good time. Uh, yeah. Well, well no, I also wanted to kind of talk about, you know, talking about winners and losers. I yeah. we say, you know, why is Tom Steyer there? I'm kind of trying to figure out why Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> is still there. I right. Time. That yeah. is also true. When we her every true. response to her, every response or the end of every response for her was, I'd like to ask Senator Warren why you think this. I'd like to ask Senator Warren why you don't yeah. do that. Where does she come off thinking she's another moderator? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus She Christ. might as well be. Well, role she's she right. play. Yeah. yeah. That's that's true. And she seems very, very, she, like she wants to be the Democrat Trump. That sounds. Yeah, no, that's fair. It, 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 just like the way she handles Assad, all that stuff. She's yeah. against impeachment. I mean, she yeah. was against yeah. impeachment yeah. until extremely recently. And, and she's still only just for the investigation. But if you really listen to her full answer, it's, well, I really don't want to vote on it because Republicans will vote against it and it'll divide the country. Like, you're just, she's not in touch. <laughs> no, her only, I feel like her only credentials are her military service, which I'm not trying to, to demean that at all. But if those are your only credentials and those are the ones oh, that you I keep harping on. I'm a vet. I will tell you right now that being a vet qualifies me for absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it was something I did for a while, but it's not like you, ex you used to expect, like, special treatment yeah. and things like that, you know. And if, the, if those are her credentials, then I think that yeah. she is right where she needs to be in service for her country is as a congresswoman serving on all of these uh, military committees. Mm -hmm. 
she has if the that is her experience and that is exactly where she needs to be and she even said it she said you know the the single most important qualification is who is fit to be commander-in-chief and i don't agree that that is the single most important qualification to be the president of the united states yes you need to know how to be an effective commander-in-chief but the president of the united states wears many different hats so i've just kind of not that I was ever in the Tulsi Gabbard camp. No. Not that I ever had anything against Tulsi Gabbard until, you know, last night. But I have just <laughs> well, definitely stepped away from mm-hmm. that. Also a little bit disconcerting that she's so out of touch with the serious situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, it's just scary in that, you know, it, it should disqualify her right away. Yeah. She, made regime she change, said that. Lie, whatever she said, but the regime change was wrong. Yeah. She said, yeah. And, and, and she said that. She's, that she's, yeah. The, whether or not the Republicans impeach, remove him or not, you can't do something because you're afraid of them saying no. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't let this guy get away with what he gets away with and keep doing it. Yeah. It yeah. just emboldens more people mm-hmm. to, that come after him. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah. like, we kind of twisted and, and turned there with guns and Buttigieg <laughs> and Tulsi Gabbard. And let's, let's talk about one more guy that I'm not sure knows how he got there and that is our math buddy uh, <laughs> look <laughs> look Chris that's mean I think Andrew Yang had a personal win at this debate go on I really? think that I do I think that his pet project is the whole automa- automation of manufacturing I think that is his pet issue and that is like where he is at and he yeah. managed to bring that up in nearly every response. So <laughs> That's all he's got. I think. It's always he, a nice move. He got everybody talking about it, too, exactly. for a period of time. I mean, so, he, he took the stage on that one. Oh, absolutely. So I think, is that a win as in he won the debate? Absolutely not. Is that a personal win for him? Absolutely. And I think that he also mentioned the biggest loser of the night, and that was the search engine Bing. It's really sad. Bing, Bing has been, Bing, been losing Bing is for dead. a while. Bing is, Bing is dog. But you know what? We might see a resurgence in Bing now, you know, yeah. since he said it. But as Because people are going to Google Bing. Yeah, they're going to Google what is Bing. <laughs> they're what is Bing in Google, yeah. Big product you are at it. Oh man, I remember that stuff. And by by the way, let me let me clear up that I I my calling Yang the uh, math guy was because he wore a math pen. If you guys, oh yeah, that was I saw that. Yeah, that was dope. I'm not. I agree with you. I think you're right on point. That he he has a future in this country, not as president. Yeah, like he's gonna be somebody to talk about, but not in the president. I mean, he'll probably be in the next cabinet or on some kind of department. Secretary, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's not going to be president. At no, least not right now. At least not right now. He's forty-four. I looked at he's forty-four. He has some time. Yeah, you know, keep, he keep wants... going, Andrew. Keep going. Yeah, find <laughs> a different. You know, get your feet wet in a yeah. different elected office, right? Mm-hmm. Even and if, then you know, well, be an elected office first. How about that? Yeah, Actually, that's what get, I'm saying. Get yeah. a get a vote first. You know. <laughs> yeah, Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Into this. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this whole thing, like. Um, and I know they talked about age, which, you know, has its relevant points. Bernie did have a heart attack. Joe Biden will be eight, turn 80 during his presidency. But mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a disqualifying factor. But what I do want to point out is there's a lot of really young people who are running. Um, Yang, Beto, 
Um, I mean, before before Buddha Judge, Tulsi Gabbard, and before he uh, he he dropped Castro. out. Castro, uh, Eric, Eric Swalwell, Swalwell was also is also really young, and I like to tout Swalwell anytime I can because that dude is a genius. <clears throat> I really, really like Swalwell. So you know, Eric Swalwell, if you uh, or Representative Swalwell, if you ever happen to hear this, you have mm-hmm. a you can come speak with us anytime. So that's that's my plug for that. That dude, that guy's brilliant. I really he. I like Swalwell. He he's, he's he seems too. like a good dude. He just I don't think he was ready for president. He's not. He wasn't quite presidential. My laugh wasn't was because I have anything against Eric Swalwell. My laugh was because it sounded like my husband was trying to ask him out on a date. I'm, you know what? <laughs> you know what, Eric Swalwell? I got a beer with your name on it. You let me know. Ever in Newport News. Yeah, I hope this dude listens and then tweets us. That would make... Go ahead. If, you mentioned Bernie, and I want – we didn't really mention too many winners. To me, he was a winner only because he's always on point. He's always sharp, and he's 77, 8, had a, and he's, all right, heart attack, and mm-hmm. two weeks later, he's on stage. Oh, yeah. You know, just making jokes, and looks like he didn't have a heart attack. Very good to see him up yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I really like seeing him. Will that. he be president? I, I don't think he will win the nomination, but, you know, he always shows up. He's always on strong and making these good points and always fighting back and – he he adds to the conversation, and that's the it's, most important part. He moves a needle, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't and he doesn't bullshit around about it. Yeah. That's one thing I do appreciate yeah. about Barney is mm-hmm. like he he tells you the straight facts and trusts you to be a you know intelligent mm-hmm. person and make a decision. And that's what you know? uh, Klobuchar pointed out. She said she said at least Bernie tells you he's going to raise taxes yeah. in mm-hmm. reference to to Warren. Yeah, um, I mean there 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 is some point to that. I mean Warren does have a tendency to if. She, she 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 pivots very easily right and all politicians do that but she gets it and she immediately if i don't like it i reframe the question in the context that i like and answer it that way it comes off as evasive and i think that's really why they she was kind of getting hammered so much because she kept it, it kept coming off like she was evasive and people kept trying to reckon thinking that they could nail her down on it um you know she never really I don't think got nailed down on it but I could think that she is still it shows that she's vulnerable to it um, because I don't think she ever really answered the question even when Beto went after her um, she did say no she She did no she said no and yeah, he, no, she he, said no, and he uh, – um, because he pressed her. He basically backed her into a corner, and she said no he, no. he got an answer out of her, and you could tell where if he had follow-up time, that could be an effective line of questioning. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, in 12-person debate, you ain't going to have that follow-up. So, you know, therefore Twitter sees everybody's attacking Warren. Yeah. You know, and that's what well, they it run all with. Gets, it all gets out <laughs> that way anyways. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't think I'm not too worried about because I do. I did hear some people like, "Oh my God, should he really be attacking Warren?" I think Pete ended up being the lightning rod of this debate, so I'm honestly not concerned about any of that. Don't oh no, you. and not even in a good way. Uh, I just Pete was not having favorable no. appeal on Twitter all around. Um, it was just not a very good. I mean, whether his you can have great points, but if you come off. Like like mm-hmm. a dick, people aren't gonna listen to you. Yeah, you can have that. you can We've have had enough great of that. points, uh-huh. and you can you know aim them at other people, but just don't do it like a dick. Exactly. Well, yeah. Not to, not to kiss ass here, but I think Beto did a good job against Warren. Whether he was right or wrong is one thing, <laughs> but he he didn't come across as a, as an asshole. Yeah. He, he no, he point. didn't. He he made his point, and he, and he and he made a point. 
You made a good point. Yeah. I think you made a solid point in that. He made a solid point on the wealth tax. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think those were, again, two solid points where if he had follow-up, I think you could really see where that would mm-hmm. be effective. He, he really could have done some some dissecting there. And, Dan, it is mm-hmm. totally okay to kiss ass here. It's, it's, <laughs> this is well, a meadow class. I think I tell it as it is sometimes. <laughs> I try to. But, you know, he, I was, you know, he doesn't come across. He's very good at not coming across as an asshole, as a, as a dick, but also mm-hmm. getting his point and, and trying to make it look you look a little bit worse. For the wear, yeah, yeah. in a nice yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> but, but so, I think he, he needed that. I don't think he's really done a lot of that in the last couple of debates. No, and I think yeah. that's one thing that really kind of stood out because I, I don't know about y'all, but I I went to bed last night not really sure, and it took you know waking up this morning and we talk about winners and losers. I mean, I wake up this morning and what's all over the news and what's all over Twitter and Facebook is Beto calling out uh, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. like, as that far as winners and day. losers, exactly. So, yeah. you know, I say this: Does debates really matter when that's what's all over? That's what's getting spread. So, I don't know. Mean, you know, I have held the stance moments. from the very beginning that these debates are borderline pointless. I mean, much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just. Like you said, you can see where, if there was response time, you can see where his questioning of Elizabeth Warren on that point, on the, the taxation point, would have been really, really effective. There's just no time. No. There's no time. I did notice in this debate, I don't know, it just felt, it felt more prominent to me, and I don't know why, but in the first two debates, Joe Biden was the quote-unquote front runner or the 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 recognized front runner and going into this debate elizabeth warren has been named the front runner i felt like i saw a lot more direct for lack of a better word attacking of elizabeth warren and her policies and her stances than i did in previous debates debates against joe biden Mm -hmm. did did you guys see that as well and why why do you think that it's is it just we're deeper in the race, so now we're just bringing the big guns out? Is Elizabeth, War- or is it that Elizabeth Warren is a well, I target? Th- or I think previously uh, there was a lot of distinction, and they tried to draw a lot of distinction in quote unquote attacks between Biden and like Bernie, especially mm-hmm. over healthcare, and they did try and really, really push that down. And Warren kind of used Bernie to kind of take the heat on some of that stuff. <laughs> where she kind of didn't get challenged like that. Um, now she, I think she's getting challenged. And yeah, I think you're right. Now that she's kind of risen to that second spot, she is getting that critique. Uh, now, I do think that the critiquing is coming from a wider field, mm-hmm. but I think that's also a factor of, well, it's when the, the, narrow, the window is narrowing and people yeah. got to make a move. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just more of a timing of, Okay, we had fun in the summer. Now it's time to actually get to like real campaigning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, and I, yeah. I have two points on that. Biden has gone through a lot of hell the last couple of weeks, so I feel like attacking him would seem that's to true. Make you look yeah. like a douche, because you know Trump's has done what. Obviously, Trump's an asshole. Trump's wrong on this, but he's got attacked. His son got attacked, and to pile on just looked terrible. And like I said a couple pods ago, maybe last one, it's it's a set those metaphor. LeBorn's now in second or first place. You're gonna go after her, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, she's exactly. play, playing the weak game, mm-hmm. as I think Hannah Play pointed out last time. Game. So you gotta play the weak game. Yeah, so she's gonna be attacked. And listen, it's with being uh, on top comes, you know, people coming after you. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just I think she handled it decently. I mean, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't like that she's as some, sort of a Warren fan how she evades a tax question. There's got to be a way mm-hmm. to put it in. Not saying yes, I'm going to raise taxes, but to make it that you, you might be a small hit at first, but you're going to spend a thousand dollars. What or yeah. five thousand, yeah, ten thousand yeah. for and, a and the, year? And, and on, when you get down to it, the problem with that answer is it's a it's the same trap that. Obamacare fell into when he said, well, you can keep your doctor no matter what, you know, it's like, there's so like when you you can't really give a hard and fast answer to something like that, when the scenarios are so different, you know, a single male who is not paying for health insurance now, there's going to see their taxes go up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, they're granted, you can make the argument that, hey, they're going to now get all these benefits, but they're still seeing their taxes go up. So, you know, it's just really one of those. That's that's why I say, you know, Bernie, he he tells you like it is. He's not <laughs> bullshitting you, and he lets you make a decision and trust that you'll make the right decision. You know, yeah. I think Warren gets too wrapped up in making the case rather than laying it out, if that makes yeah. sense. That's very, no. that's very smart, very on point. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. that's America's a great way of word. saying it. Yeah. She she seems she's always seemed disingenuous to me. Um, but I am also not have not been a big Warren fan, yeah. or, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> I make that case. See, pretty I much every been. time. <laughs> I never I found been. her to be dis- disingenuous. Uh, that's, I... a, that's a strong word, I think. Yeah, not, yeah. not disingenuous, but um, I just. Uh, I I here's the problem. You here's get mad problem. that she calls herself a teacher. Well, <laughs> it's not so much even that she calls herself a teacher because you know that whole thing, it, and it does bother me to to an extent because you know teaching college and teaching um, a class, classroom students is not the exact same thing. And it's not that I mean disingenuous. Disingenuous, disingenuous is a strong word. I, it just she doesn't back herself up, and, I, and she uses very generalized stories and and people. I just it, <clears throat> she's a politician. We gotta yeah, remember this. Tell. She is you fundamentally a politician. And honestly, it's sometimes, and honestly, if my biggest, because I, I do like Warren, but as a politician, I actually sometimes really worry about her political instincts, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole issue with that DNA test oh, yeah. yep. really left a bad taste in my mouth because by the time you took the DNA test, you should have known better. So, oh, yeah, for sure. So that, that really stuff, kind it, of bothers me. That's what I mean. Me. It's stuff like that. Yeah. That, that has always bugged me with like, her doubling down on something that you kind of shouldn't have you know it so i don't know i didn't exactly. want to turn this into a bash warren session oh, like absolutely I said, there not. are times that i like her often but oh i just, think having her in the race makes yeah. makes everybody a thousand percent better like they all make each other better because they all bring something to the table and that's what's going to be oh. good for our democracy and then you have the so, ending of the debate so I'm going to bring up a complete non sequitur right now, and I have to mention this because my wife, uh, she's not as political as I am, but she actually watched the debate with me, and she's wanted me to say that the one thing her takeaway is Cory Booker looks like he's always eating the best slice of pizza in his life. <laughs> and it's the best vegan pizza Listen, ever. He's from he New Jersey. We know our pizza. I'm sure every piece is the best he's ever had. I don't know about but Newark. It's true. But... Every time he talks, and I, and I realize she's right. Like every time he talks, he's got this like happy vibe. Mm-hmm. He's always talking about love. He's He's got this happy warrior vibe going on that's like, Dude, you just you just don't have a down day, do you? <laughs> You're just high on life all every, the time. <laughs> every day is the best fucking day of his yeah. life. So you tell me he's a SpongeBob of uh, this race. <laughs> That's best what day it is. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I 
I love yeah, that. Yeah, he's the SpongeBob of this race. I love the uh, the, the uh, court, the New Jersey love. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's actually kind of funny. I didn't mention him before about Corey. I, I he kind of in, in a way was a loser last night. Jokes aside about his eating pizza, he, he, <laughs> as as good as 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 charismatic as he is, as passionate as he is, he doesn't have that that moment where he's like showing us why he's in this race or why, why he should be president. Yeah, and like, I to said me, that. To could be a great VP, a great VP. Um, but like, I don't know. I just I love him. He's my senator. I voted for him. I vote for him again. But I don't know. It's just he doesn't have that he's, moment. He's yet just like, like uh, yeah. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. He's, not, he's doing it. He's not. <laughs> he's not Steyer. He's not Tulsi making ass themselves. But he's just. Uh, hasn't pushed the needle yet. I said no, that to Chris uh, too. Watching it, I was like, you know what? I really, really do love Cory Booker. I just don't think now is the time yeah. for him to be. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not feeling it. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it's hard. I, 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 I agree say with that, that as a Jersey, as a fellow Jerseyan, but. I don't know. I hope he realizes. And he's been. He's I think been, one day, maybe. One, yeah, no, yeah. I, he just he definitely has a shot to make a difference. I think he would be mm-hmm. a great Veep. I think he has that energy, that passion, and mm-hmm. that to groom himself. Mm-hmm. Not that he will be this time, but. Oh, I agree. I think uh, he'd be a good vice president. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get into the, like, well, he should be running for vice president or well, he should drop want... out and run for Senate. Because mm-hmm. I hate yeah. that bullshit. Well, he, they did that. They've yeah. been doing that to Beto. But he's a senator and he can't drop out and run for vice president. You got to. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I know that. No, I get that. I'm just, I'm just saying in general. In general. Yeah. So yeah. I think one of the mm. big things that kind of pissed people off, and Dan, you sent this to me, and apparently Kamala put it out. That's right. Um, who we haven't yeah. really. Have we, have we talked about Kamala Harris yet? No, we have not. No, and I think we skipped her last debate, too. Yeah, but she's not making it. Ever since that first debate, she hasn't been doing she's, too much. I like tries, her, too. She tries too hard to I, make, to make moments, right? She tries too hard. She has canned lines that are like, okay, Kamala, you're, you're better than this. Yeah. yeah she uses yeah. a lot of the same, yeah. same she's stuff. Dude, gotta go. She's very smart. She's she's on, she's almost like the, uh, hey, who am I thinking of? Kobachar in a different form. Like, but she tries too hard. She's so smart and so would be a great against Trump, but like this. No. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. She hasn't she hasn't pushed any kind of needles yeah. um, for me either. I did like that she went uh uh no <laughs> like, uh, like Brett Kavanaugh. She's funny, man. She's ten- she's got some tenacity she can to her. Do that. Yeah. I I would not fuck with her. She she mm. I mean she she will legally shred you. But, <laughs> no, seriously, in legal like, terms, at that. In, in in legal terms, um, but. Just, she's it, just it, honestly, she's just been very inconsistent. Like you said, she yeah. has a she she'll have a good moment, and then follow up with a, uh, and then have a you know it's, I don't know, I, and like you said, I like her, <laughs> I do like her. I, I like all of them, yeah. but it's one one step forward, two steps back. Tulsi, it's not like Tulsi. Yeah, Tulsi, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> Tulsi and so Yang. I, I I I I'm not gonna go. I have a rant prepared for Yang, but I don't think I'm going to bring it out today. <laughs> <laughs> just going to pocket that one. I'm going to pocket that one for a little bit. Is he in the next debate, Yang? Did he qualify? I think he is. He's I don't, like my uh, guilty pleasure, y'all. <laughs> I know, but his UBI is so bad. It's well, not that it's a UBI. Like it's his like UBI. Yeah. His proposal is so bad. In general, it's bad. I I think we need to bring back Tim Ryan personally, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Jeez. But he did. But they did have that moment about um, uh, legalizing marijuana. And, yes, and, they did. And, 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 he's all about it, apparently. Well, yeah, <laughs> but he Yang, wasn't on it. And, and Yang, Yang was yelling out, "Preach!" while Long yeah. was saying his thing. That's yeah. not, I had to rewind. Like, wait, that was Yang saying that. Hold on. All right. Yeah. Church, let's go, Yang. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's do this thing. Preach, yeah. my friend. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a. I, I'm I'm all for the legalization of the marijuanas. 
Um, yes. That's a. Uh, mm-hmm. That's. I mean, it, it, they could use it in so many different different ways and to help with so many different things. Yeah, I love um, how he tied it to the opioid crisis and said absolutely. that you know you're you're you know this is really the problem is we do need to talk about alternate pain medicine. And absolutely. hey, by the way, here's one right here. You know it, that works. It, it grows in the ground and it has killed no one. Exactly. Other than many, 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 many bags of Doritos. That's, that's brain cells. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen. If you if, if you haven't seen Super Jaime, you should watch it because Doug Benson gets a better score on the IQ uh, the IQ test after he's stoned than when he was sober. Oh. <laughs> True sold. story. So one of the big criticisms, and and Dan had sent this to me. Um, earlier and I didn't hadn't thought about it is they ended the show talking about Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> and George Bush and then Kamala pointed out that they didn't talk about the climate crisis which is the biggest fucking deal right now outside mm-hmm. of Donald Trump actively destroying the world climate <laughs> crisis is next they also didn't talk about LGBTQ plus rights which and or immigration which actually comes on the heels of you know the fact that CNN just did the LGBTQ plus forums and uh, you had a, a transgender woman of color stand up and call them out for not even mention having a, a transgen- transgender woman of color ask a question. So then to completely leave it out of the debates is it's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Like how many how many transgender women of color have died in Dallas? Like in the last four months, like four, like three or four. So it's it's some stupid number. And nobody bothers investigating. Yeah, it's it's bad. Ever, I, it, we hear about it over here, and it's like a quick blurb, and that's it. And yeah, I mean, you know, you understand it's compressed for time, and you understand that they want to kind of throw a little bit of a lighthearted, you know, let's ask a, a, a non-typical question in there. But like, that's the one you go with, Ellen DeGeneres and George Bush. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and show. Uh, yeah. And that to be one that you go to everybody on, right? <laughs> not, not, not like some of the other important topics that uh, got skipped over at the beginning. Uh, yeah, no. like they didn't ask. They didn't ask everybody on in, anything on the like we said LGBTQ plus rights, immigration, climate mm-hmm. crisis. Um, I don't think everybody got a gun question. I think that was specifically. I mean, granted, Beto and Pete ate up a lot of time, so they probably had to drop questions, but still. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that was I got it from Kamala that tweet, and he just he's right. Like, those are major t- points that Republicans don't either have a stance on or think aren't true, or are mm-hmm. negative about it. I guess immigration is a tougher one, but like, I just I mean, I, yeah, you're right about the the, the 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 forum. But like, come on, you have twelve people up there, ask them a question. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's not it's not but that didn't, hard. Didn't I mean, Castro talk about immigration? Is that his big thing? It, it may have gotten mentioned. Yeah. Climate crisis got touched on here and there, but there were no questions. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a candidate. Go yeah. ahead. No, I'm just saying that's why these debates are pointless. Yeah. What needs to happen is until that this field is whittled down some, just continue doing these town halls that we're doing. I get more out of those than I do these debates. I 100% agree. Those yeah. those are so much better at introducing a candidate. And mm-hmm. telling you what the candidate is about, get you actually get to do a deep dive on an issue, and really understand who actually gets it and who doesn't. You know, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. such much better format. And I was against that event at first, but now I am a hundred percent behind that format. 
I yep, they've, they've done one on climate and they've done one on um, LGBTQ plus rights. Like, but, just keep doing those. Yeah, I forgot I watch I all heard of this them. from. So, somebody pointed out they should do debates but have, you know, people who have expertise on the fields ask questions. Not, no defense to Anderson Cooper, but not, not journalists. And have the TV networks broadcast if they so choose. Yeah, you could do an entire debate mm. on one issue. Mm. You know, just make mm-hmm. it one question and give everybody a chance to just really talk and dig yeah. into it, you know? You want to talk about the economy t- for two hours and just ask one question and let them go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ag- agreed. Um, yeah. So the the start of the episode, or the episode, the debate, I guess it would be an episode because we're, we're, you know, it's the fourth one and they make a big deal out of all these things and then we get nothing out of it. Um, but they started it with the impeachment question and we've been doing it in an impeachment segment um, all mm-hmm. of one time, all of once, uh, all of once. But it's it's going to be recurring, I promise. And this is actually going to be part fill in as part of this uh, this segment, um, or it's going to fit in this segment. So Dan's going to do his fill us in a little bit, and we're all going to talk about impeachment because it's a big mm. fucking deal. Um, you, I had to sit down in a meeting where we were taught how to teach politics to children because of what's going on and being careful not to. Um, put bias on it so it's a it's a big deal and they asked all of the candidates and i saw um a tweet that ethan Behrman put out about um about his daughter saying they're all saying the same thing and they, they all do like there's not much you can say about it other than yeah no he needs to be impeached he's a giant fucking asshole like mm-hmm. duh like how are they not seeing this he's committing crimes yeah so, blatantly <laughs> blatantly <laughs> on camera on on camera, I mean, we had a couple of arrests this week. We've had one more people. Today. Yeah, another turning, one today. Turning out, yeah. yeah JFK. And another York. attempting to flee the country. Yeah. Jesus. Let me get out. Sorry, you can go, Brian. I'm sorry. Yeah, so go ahead. No, you can go. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, I was saying, it's like he's when running. He he, fucking he's, talk? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's running this whole like shadow diplomacy organization through Rudy Giuliani of all people. <laughs> like right. seriously, think about this for a second. If you're going to run a criminal organization <laughs> that's looking to do nefarious things, you're going to choose Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> like Wait, the one cho- thing that the only thing that's saving us from Trump is the fact of how incompetent he is. Yeah. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I texted Chris a week ago. I Ugh. almost feel bad for Rudy. Like for 19 years ago, he was a hero. He was beloved by anybody, any, any side Everyone. of the aisle. And now he's like a laughing stock of the world. And it, what was he's not even getting he's not getting paid by Trump to do this. He's getting he's, something out not, of it. Well, maybe in the side. Apparently, it's illegal to to do pro bono work for the for the government as mm. a lawyer. Oh no! Part of this deal, didn't he get five hundred thousand dollars from that company that uh, oh, those well, two Russians got just got arrested for? Probably also like, illegal. Probably also illegal. Yeah, I think that was one of the things. Like I saw today, the investigation is including yeah. a counterintelligence element to it. So <laughs> yeah, Rudy's in, Rudy's in trouble. He just got he just got fired by his lawyer. I mean, you know, <laughs> now he saying really? he, yeah, he did. He, he changed lawyers and is now running around claiming he won't comply with any subpoena. So I think his yep. lawyer said, "No peace. I'm out for that one." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rudy's real fucked. Yeah. Rudy, but before this is all over, Rudy is going to be hitting high notes. Um, he's going <laughs> to sing like a bird, and we're going to like. Do you think he will? Dude, what else is he going to do? Hope that Trump pardons yes. him, and then they 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 get him on. But he's so to, he's so 
he's kind of like Manafort. I don't know if he's going to sing. I mean, Manafort <sighs> did and then screwed That's himself. True, he did. But who the, if, you, if Donald Trump calls you and says, hey, I need you to work for me, click. <laughs> Why the fuck would you answer that call and talk to this guy? Nobody <laughs> ended up as well for nobody. Nobody who's, who's should the, be Who's the end of well for in, this, in his administration? I love that his fucking kids. I mean, Kelly and, Conway and, still has a job. Who, by the way, how the, yeah, fuck, but, how the fuck is she married to George Conway? I was going to say, and a husband, apparently. <laughs> like, how was that even possible? Like, I get you have differences, but, like, come on. You literally attack his boss every, her boss every day? I think she's a talented actress playing a character on TV. I, I think, think that's yeah, my conclusion. I, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, like, she's a whore for I, oh, I, I bet you Kellyanne Conway is the whistleblower. Watch. Mm. Dude, that one no, down. I don't think down. so. Right now, I don't think bad. so. I gotta, I gotta sleep on that one, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, because if you hear what this whistleblower did, they went straight to the lawyer and had the lawyer assist him in filing mm. this to make sure he was fully legal. I think this was legitimately a career person mm. who, you know, realized realized some shit was going down and found the first person he could to make a report. Mm-hmm. It's true, but Ke- Kellyanne Conway is kind of married to a lawyer who she may have gone to first. And he would have given her legal advice to go talk mm. to the All other right. lawyer. Let's make a friendly bet here. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, my money was we... my money was on John Bolton for a while, but I think that no. one got dispelled. No. Yeah. See, but here's the thing: we may never know who this person is because um, you know Trump supporters are psychopaths, and they will try to kill him, or Donald Trump will try to have him killed, like he did. You know, he's legally Jeffrey protected. Epstein, but there's you know, laws against knowing who this person is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that and that's okay. I mean, look at uh, what was it, Deep Throat? Yes, no, he was like ninety three mm-hmm. when he came out. He, he didn't come out for yeah. forty years or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, it, it, uh. There there are laws for a reason because these people can be dangerous. And when you have a despot who uh, rules via Twitter and he says horrendous things about people, it it fires up their base. Look at what happened in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at what happened in Florida with the the bomb the MAGA bomber. Mm-hmm. People listen, and and it, it, you know, in the cult like status of the of the Trump campaign needs to be taken seriously, not necessarily as a as a political thing, and it should be taken uh, seriously as a uh, as a political thing because you never know what they're going to fucking pull out to try to to trash you with. Um, and and but as as a as an entity, as a cult like entity, it's got it's got to be treated with kids gloves i mean how far away from a terrorist organization does it have to be you know people got killed in el paso there was a bomb threat dayton people got killed there there were people killed in in dayton i don't think they they tie they didn't tie that to to i don't think he mentioned trump at all in that i'm just talking specific things specific moments where they named donald trump as an inspiration how far away is that it's 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 getting damn close. Blurred lines, what that is. Yeah. Exactly, and it it, it it sucks to name it that to call it that way because I have you know Trump supporting family members. Me too. Who buy into the line of you're gonna have to come and take my AR-15? Well, no, they fucking aren't. What are you gonna do? Shoot your way out of the police? <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> you're one. You're all old. Uh. <laughs> but they have AR-15s, Chris, so they're good. Yeah, well, they also care way too much about what their neighbors think. I just love how they go from blue lives matter to we're going to kill the cops like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and Mr. National Security yeah. President over here fucking over our, our troops and uh, the Kurds. That's, yeah. 
Uh, and that that should be another thing that, that they need to just start piling stuff on. I mean, when are the Republicans gonna flip? And fuck Lindsey Graham, that disingenuous <laughs> fucker. Oh my god, John McCain, it's gonna fuck you over. And oh no, no, you're gonna go to hell. And McCain could have float down and like fuck him in the ass and go back to hell. <laughs> Sorry, that was pretty vulgar. You want to cut it out? Go right ahead. But like, and then it just can't, I can't take this. Like, oh, he's wrong on this, and oh, he's made a great decision. No, get the fuck out of here. Stop. You're he's done. A, he, he's he's a slime ball. Vote Jamie Lindsay Harrison. Is, right? Yes, vote slime Jamie ball. Harrison. Absolutely. Oh my God, slime yes. ball's absolutely right. Like you can't support him in, in taxes and crap, and then say, oh, he's not good in he's curtain in uh, with the curves in Syria. No, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> sorry. He, he's, oh, he's, I love Kavanaugh. He's guy. Putting our troops in danger. And Crown, you said you're a serv- former service member. Yep. How the fuck would you feel if you ha- happened to you if you're overseas and suddenly they say, "Oh, sorry, you got to leave and good luck." <laughs> I mean, the whole situation is fucked up. Yeah. You know, it and really I was, is. I never I mean, served obviously, but like I could imagine my president leaving me out to dry. Yeah, but I mean, you these know, are, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, you know, this whole conversation we're having right now. I think it was Buttigieg said it in the debate. He said. The actions of the president or, or influence the actions of those around him. The actions of the president influence our allies just or influence our enemies just as much as they influence our allies. And that is the key issue here. Is and everybody keeps you know, I get a little frustrated when watching these debates, everybody's like, you know, we got to get Donald Trump out. We got to get Donald Trump out. And, and it's kind of like, we know, like, you don't have to keep saying it. Like, if you're just looking for like a cheap pop from the crowd, we get it. Like, we know that that's what we have to do. But then we have this conversation. And I just think about it. It really is what we have to do. Because it's becoming an issue on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Because he with Syria you know he had a conversation with Erdogan on the phone and the next day Turkey is in Syria uh, his just, and, and, actions have influenced the rest of the world he's absolutely a- we're literally bombing our own military bases mm-hmm. because they had to get out of there so fast yeah well this is what happened you let the president who says I know more than my generals do well guess what you don't Sorry. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know more than. It's a, it's a reason why we have generals, joint chiefs, and all that good stuff because they know they've been doing this for years and they've been in the in the situations. You don't know what you're, you're talking about, sir. You've bankrupted. Oh, I'm gonna tell a quick funny story, by the way, if I have a, if I have a second. Well, you got a Trump. second. We're gonna so, we're, yeah. we're gonna end this on a lighthearted yeah. note with Dan's possibly offensive story. No, it's, it's, <laughs> no, no, it's not. I, no, it's not. Can we end with the question: Who we are? Weirdest friend? Just, no, just kidding. Um, so I was at a concert Saturday night in Atlantic City. Hara Casino used to be Trump Taj Mahal. I happened to be with a Trump supporter, and he was like, "Oh, it's so busy here on a Saturday night." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, he takes a real smart guy to bank with a fucking casino." Like, it's funny how we're in a fucking Trump Trump former Trump property. That got bankrupt, and the guy had no fucking idea that he. How the fuck could somebody bankrupt a casino? That should be busy. It should be fine. Exactly. I found like it funny, it's, but mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> I, I, cool story, bro. Can we cut it's, that one out? Nobody seems to like that story. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you all. I quit. No, everybody. <laughs> no, Daniel. 
everybody will know your story. <laughs> tell it for years. <laughs> hey, if I have to listen about Chris's poop, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, y'all were on for that one. I've seen. Oh, it wasn't my poop. It was a student's. Oh. <laughs> it was a student's. That was in our veterans episode. We ended it with a poop joke. I've had Chris run to the bathroom from a car after eating a short taco, so I know what Chris's poop is like. <laughs> Jesus, is this what this is devolved to? This is exactly what our listeners want to hear. You made fun of me exactly. that right Scorching earth right now. Maybe we will edit this out after all. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the best story if you want to. No, we've got to. It's got to stay. All it right, really guys. Well... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for coming on. Uh, until next month, um, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So, how do you think that went, Ryan? Like, what uh, do you think everybody's at on this whole debate thing? <sighs> I think that the field is wide open, frankly. At the end of the day, um, you know, especially Biden. I mean, I think I told, said, said in the in the segment that, you know, my wife watched it for me for the first time, and she got a good look at Biden. She kept wondering, like, why is he up there? And I'm like, he's your front runner. <laughs> and you got to think about it. He Name is the poll leader, front runner. He's he's the guy. So, you know, to say that this race is in any way set in stone. I think you're just have you have to ignore your own eyes and only listen to the pundits. So, I don't watch cable news. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. I recommend turning them off. Ignore them. They aren't friendly to Beto. Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I'm I'm weird. I I get my news through Twitter and CNN and M- NBC, MSNBC. I get it from mm-hmm. all over the place because somewhere in the middle is going to be the truth. And, you know, when you line them up, you can see kind of where the facts line up and you can develop your own ideas. So, oh, this person said just this. Oh, don't this watch really the TV. Said. Just don't watch it on TV. They're 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 new. The the the, the shows on TV are not real news. It's it's punditry 24 seven. You're you're listening to somebody's opinion. It, it's just don't. Did you just say they're <laughs> fake news? No, I'm saying they're pundits. <laughs> they're pundits. There's a difference. <laughs> I know. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, all right, guys. That's going to that's gonna bring us to the end of our show. And I want to go ahead and replug Get Out. And I guess it would be tonight. We're recording Wednesday night, but it'll this will come out on Thursday. Get Out to Dallas. Get Let's to Dallas. show the fuck up. And really show Donald Trump that his bullshit isn't welcome in our fucking country anymore. Let's get his ass out of the White House. Let's get his ass in a jail cell. Him and all of those other complicit motherfuckers they have working up there. So to do that, we need to donate. We need to volunteer. We need to get out, knock doors, do all of that. Mm -hmm. All of it. So, Ryan, do you want to close it out this time? (laughs) All right, let's do it. Keep on looking ahead to better days. Thank you. Yes. I got it. <laughs> got him. <laughs>